Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. Today, I have the honor of introducing you to our special guest. His name is Scott Fine, and he is the founder of Joey's Legacy, also a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that was formed in October of 2017. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peggy. I appreciate being here very much. Well, you are so welcome. Why don't you um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? I formed Joey's Legacy at the end of 2017 after our beloved dachshund passed as a result of alleged veterinary negligence. We decided to take our tragedy and turn it into hopefully a triumph of sorts for those that whose pets suffered a similar fate. Uh, we have almost 1,300 members, many of them are also victims and who have lost their pets in a similar way. Uh, we have a nationwide network of animal law attorneys who stand ready to assist those that would like to seek justice. We also have assembled a team of veterinary experts that will review animal hospital records and make a determination whether or not there was actually practice below the standard of care. If they determine that there was, they'll craft a, an opinion letter to that effect. The opinion letter will go with the entire case file to the attorney that, represent, that will represent the member in the member's home state. Uh, we have found that contrary to popular opinion or what was previously popular opinion, your animal is worth more than $100, even though the law consider, considers it to be personal property. Uh, we have been able to uh, uh, see settlements in the thousands for uh, shelter animals that were adopted by our members. Uh, obviously, animals that uh, are victims of negligence that were service animals, uh, animals that were income-producing animals. Uh, for example, maybe an animal was a uh, an actor in uh, in a particular TV series or in a movie. Uh, those animals obviously garner larger damage awards, but we're very happy to see that uh, the perception of animals has elevated to a level where they are now well-respected and they command higher damage awards. And that has traditionally been a problem. 
um, just for our listeners so that they can have a little bit of a background. Um, most state laws still consider animals or pets to be personal property that don't have a significant amount of value. And it's, it's good for me to hear, Scott, that you're having success in the area of proving damages um, because, as I'm sure most of our listeners and your members would agree, um, our pets are priceless. They're family members, and you can't put a price tag on what they mean to you. Absolutely correct. And uh, the process, uh, just to give you an idea, Peggy, how the process works, uh, typically our attorneys, uh, when they receive a case, they will start out with a, a simple demand letter, uh, which is typically ignored by the other side. Uh, we just had a case uh, in the South here where that was exactly what happened until our attorney showed the other side, the insurance company, the opinion letter from our vet team. And because of that letter and only because of that letter, they decided to sit down at the table and settle for an amount in excess of $7,000. And that is because the uh, pet, which I believe was a cat in that story, um, was either subjected to hypothermia or, or extreme heat. I can't remember the exact details, but that's simply what happened. And they decided, based on the strength of the, uh, the opinion letter from our vet team, they'd rather settle than litigate all the way. So, and we're, we're seeing damage awards in the thousands, in, in, typically. So things are getting much better for companion animals. And I appreciate all that Joey's Legacy is doing on that behalf. But um, before people think that we're, we're trying to just talk about um, veterinarians in a bad light, I think I want to point out, as you do on your website, that there are many, many, many excellent veterinarians out there. And without them, um, we couldn't take as good a care of our pets as we do. Um, but there is, just like in any profession, that subset of individuals that um, are not necessarily providing the um, accepted standard of care for our pets. Absolutely. And, th and that's a common theme, Peggy, in our group. You know, we, we recognize that the overwhelming majority of veterinarians are caring, compassionate individuals that do provide quality care for their patients. Uh, and we also recognize that veterinarians are human just like any other people and people in any other profession, people in the world. We all make mistakes. In the case of veterinarians, sometimes their mistakes cause lives. And we actually uh, have a, a term that we use or that I use uh, we, I call uh, a bad actor, a veterinarian that not that makes a mistake that causes a personal, uh, a permanent injury or demise of the patient, but further that the veterinarian embarks on a path of deception, lying, uh, before they approach the, uh, now bereaved caregiver and they decide to you know, uh, not tell the truth. We'll put it that way. Uh, they okay. sometimes alter medical records before they send uh, their uh, response to a state complaint. Uh, 
they'll do things that are unscrupulous and basically very unprincipled. That is what I call a bad actor. Not so much that the veterinarian made a mistake that caused the demise of the animal. If it's handled properly in the aftermath, meaning going to the caregiver, explaining what happened, demonstrating remorse. We found that three out of four of our victims, human victims, have said to me, we would have been able to find our way to forgive the veterinarian for what happened, but because they decided to lie to us, deceive us, alter medical records, we feel we need to take matters into our own hands, and that includes filing formal complaints with the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation. It means exposing the veterinarian in a public forum and taking legal action. So the best outcome, as in most things in life for the veterinarian, is just to be totally honest, upfront, and truthful. You may get some, you, you may be called some names. You may witness the caregiver uh, breaking down, crying, uh, you know, becoming hysterical, but that's a lot less than what could potentially happen. So we, we just stress honesty and integrity with all situations veterinary. Excellent advice. And, um, and I think that that's good for our pet lovers to hear is that, um, is that sometimes mistakes do happen, but that it really doesn't mean that a person's necessarily a bad person. It's just something bad happened. And, um, and I, I guess that you um, were telling me before we started the show that in about seven out of 10 cases that you learn about through your organization, um, the pet owner is actually correct that there was some deviation in the um, required standard of care. That's correct. I receive two to three inquiries from uh, caregivers around the country and even around the world for that matter uh, about situations where they feel that the, their veterinarian practice below the standard of care and each one is advised to forward all of the animal hospital records to our vet team and our vet team tells me that as I mentioned about seven out of ten the uh, caregivers were correct. There was practice below the standard of care. And the other three are just situations, uh, uh, apparently, where the caregiver was so um, distraught about losing their loved ones, they just wanted to lash out at somebody. And then, of course, the obvious person it would be the veterinarian. Correct. So you started to say that you received two to three inquiries. How often? Every week. Every week. Okay. Um, so, um, and I, I share the, that kind of same experience, not to that, um, volume, but I get a pretty regular stream of phone calls, um, from people asking me, um, for referrals to, um, animal law attorneys who specialize in the area of veterinary malpractice. And, um, I wasn't aware of Joey's legacy. And so I'm, I'm happy to um, make this acquaintance and to share this information with um, the people that listen to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. Um, 
because all of us are pet lovers. I, I personally have um, seven dogs and three horses and two cats. Um, how many pets do you have, Scott? Uh, we do not have any pets at this time. We decided after Joey passed that uh, we didn't want to uh, uh, have another pet, basically. Well, I think that's a very sad outcome, but I certainly understand. Um, and I have a household, as I mentioned, full of um, little furry faces, kids who wear fur coats. Um, it is great. And uh, they make me happy and they make me laugh. And uh, I have a dachshund as well. And um, she is probably the naughtiest of all my dogs, <laughs> um, if you were putting labels on them. Um, yes. But she's ferociously intelligent as well, which is what creates her naughtiness. But uh, dachshunds have that look, don't they? Yes. That they can get away with uh, a lot. Absolutely. That was, that was Joey's uh, trademark. He always had that come and get me look. And I, had, I see had, his picture and uh, I can see that in his eyes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We always say that, uh, there's no such thing as a straight line from A to B for Holly. It, um, she has to go, you know, um, from A to B, she's got 14 stops in between uh, uh -huh. because her nose takes her on uh, a different journey. Yeah. How old is Holly? She's uh, seven this year. Okay, great. Wonderful. So, Holly came to me um, because of something that I'm passionate about, and that was a friend of mine died and um, didn't have a plan for what was going to happen to her. So um, that's what motivated my passion for um, helping to educate people about the importance of including their pets as part of their estate plans. And I know that's uh, expanding uh, quite a bit, it has expanded quite a bit over the last few years. Uh, several of our attorneys uh, also um, take care of, you know, handle pet trusts and other areas of uh, animal law. Excellent. So yeah. we want folks to be able to find you online. So if you go to joeyslegacy.org, J-O-E-Y-S-L-E-G-A-C-Y.org, you'll find out um, about Joey's legacy and you can meet the team of veterinary experts as well as their attorney team. And tell us a little bit about um, your goal with the attorney, Scott. You know, Peggy, the, our American justice system yields dollars for success in litigation. And it's really not about dollars. Um, it's more symbolic for most people, even though the dollar amounts of damage awards have been increasing over the last few years, it's still symbolic. A lot of our members simply want the opinion of the vet team. They don't want to pursue the matter through litigation. So they're willing to pay the vet team for an opinion as to whether or not there was actually practice below the standard of care. And I, I note that you're trying to um, have a, an attorney available in each of the 50 states so that people will have resources in their home state. That's correct. That's correct. Um, we, we, want, we want to make sure that we can help whoever actually wants help uh, 
through the legal system. Um, and we also understand that, you know, veterinarians have a tough job like a lot of us. They're, they're under a lot of stress like a lot of us. And all we really want, Peggy, is one very simple thing. Just follow your oath. Do no harm. And if harm does come, we understand. We obviously, it's it, not okay with us as pet caregivers, but we understand that accidents happen, rising to the level of negligence in some cases. And just be honest with everybody. Be honest with your clients. Tell the truth. That will be your best outcome in most cases. And if we can just accomplish that, we can clean up a lot of what goes on. We, Joey's legacy, for the most part, might not even need to be in existence. Wouldn't that be lovely if we could all work ourselves out of the need for having to have these organizations that uh, promote um, the interests that, that we're passionate about? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we also have a, a radio show that we, we just started. Our first um, show was this past, uh, actually yesterday. Uh, it's called Joey's Legacy, Do No Harm. It's on uh, Naples FM Talk, WGUF 98.9. It's going to be every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. We have uh, veterinarians from all over, well-known. Uh, Dr. John Robb, if you know that name, he'll be a guest on our show. Um, we also have animal attorneys that we will uh, interview, and you're welcome as a guest anytime. Thank you. And we also have what we call Victim's Corner, and what that is is clearly uh, our human victims come on and tell the story of what happened. Uh, we don't uh, we don't take shots at anyone, no names. Uh, we just want the stories out there. We want uh, people to know that if their uh, if their pet is going to undergo a dental cleaning that there should be complete lab work, x-rays, the like done before, just to try to catch anything that may become problematic during the dental cleaning. Uh, this is an educational opportunity for so many people that have been kept in the dark in the past because uh, you know this type of a group really didn't exist prior to Joey's legacy. I mean, we, we are... You know, we're absolutely not one-sided. We, Like I said earlier, we love our veterinarians. We know the majority of them do exactly what we want them to do. And we are trying to reach out to those that don't. And understanding that, you know, financial considerations may be their number one guiding light. But when you're dealing with lives, and these are family members, these are our loved ones, they need to treat our loved ones just like they treat their own loved ones with the same amount of care and compassion. Absolutely. And that's, and that's our goal. So I had a question come in while we were talking, and um, I think it's a logical question. I, I'm sure there's an answer to this, but um, uh, how, how will we know if there's somebody in our community that we really shouldn't be using their services? Uh, you know, the, the the simple answer there is Google Yelp, some of these online rating services uh, for, for what they're worth. 
may be an indication, Better Business Bureau, uh, Angie's List, that kind of a thing. We, we don't get into that in our group. Um, obviously, there's potential uh, legal ramifications if we do. So we try to stay away from that. Our goal is not to uh, point fingers at particular vets. Uh, they need, obviously, the, the public should be aware, um, but we don't do that specifically. We want the story out there. We want people to know that in in the case of Miss Jones, uh, the anesthesia dial was on five when it should have been on two. The, the uh, patient went into cardiac arrest. They tried to resuscitate the patient. They were unable to. So the pet passed away. So that's one fact out of so many that we want our members to be aware of and the public at large. I mean, that's what this is all about, education and enlightenment. I mean, there are, there are vet, I'm, I'm sorry, there are Facebook groups. Our Facebook group is Joey's Legacy Vet Mal Victims, V-E-T-M-A-L, like veterinary malpractice. So it's Joey's Legacy Vet Mal Victims. There are other groups that call out veterinarians by name and not in a flattering way. We, we don't do that. We understand the reality of the veterinary industry, that most are good, some are bad, like with any other industry. And we want people to be aware of that and what to look for when they bring their pets to their veterinarians. And the other simple way to do this is just go to uh, investigate a, a veterinarian that you may want to engage with is go to the DBPR website, www.myfloridalicense.com. You can plug in the name of any veterinarian you're considering engaging with. If there's any documented uh, public history of disciplinary action, it'll be there. So it, it, that information should give the, uh, you know, the, the pet caregiver the opportunity to make an informed decision. Do I want to bring my pet to Dr. XYZ, who's currently on probation and has a history of, you know, three or four other cases in the past where he's been disciplined, he or she's been disciplined. So uh, that's good information that's available on, the, on their website, uh, myfloridalicense.com. And so there's so many ways to get information about other veterinarians, you know, referrals from friends and family. Who do you go to? Do you like the vet? That's one way to do it. And so, like I said, we, we stay away from uh, denigrating, demeaning uh, uh, the practitioners in that way. Excellent. Well, and I know you mentioned the Florida Department of Professional Regulation, but for folks that might be listening in other states, um, it's likely that their state also has a Department of Professional Regulation that they can look into the records there as well. Correct. And there, that website would be www.aavsb. So uh, Veterinary State Boards, VSB, AA, American Association, possibly VS, uh, Veterinary State Boards, .org. So that will provide an opportunity for anyone to research uh, a veterinarian in every state, and I believe even in, including uh, Canada as well. So that, that's a great resource for those that don't live in Florida. Excellent to know. So if a person... Um files a complaint, let's say, on their own and uh, with one of these professional regulation um, oversight entities, 
Um, what has your experience been with how that process goes? The majority of uh, outcomes for these types of cases with, uh, and I can, you know, I talk about the Florida Board of Veterinary Medicine because I have personal experience with them. Uh, but if you go back to 2003, and all of this information is on that uh, myfloridalicense.com, and you review the minutes from going back to 2003, you'll see that the outcomes or the final uh, final orders from the board are typically uh, a few thousand dollar fine, maybe a couple of years probation, uh, some continuing education. Uh, maybe some record pulls if there was uh, record keeping uh, violations. But you will rarely come across a suspension or a revocation of a license. That just doesn't happen that often. And of course, there's, you know, everyone's got a, 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 an opinion, a theory as far as why that happens. Some folks think it's just the uh, veterinarians protecting their own colleagues not wanting to discipline them uh, to the max. And there are state sentencing guidelines which do provide for appropriate sanctioning. Uh, first offense is typically, you know, a, a reprimand, a, a modest fine. But for second and subsequent offenses, that does provide, those guidelines provide for suspensions and revocations. However, as I mentioned, they rarely occur. And uh, many of our members have pursued the veterinarians through those formal complaints with their state boards, and they reported similar outcomes. Okay. So all the more reason why an organization like Joey's Legacy Do No Harm is necessary. Absolutely. Uh, people come to us and say, you know, hey, I filed a complaint against the vet, and I got the records right after my pet passed and I sent them to the state with my paperwork and, um, you know, the, the, the vet responded to the state with their paperwork and uh, my attorney sent me the, the, the uh, records that the state sent, that the vet sent to the state and they're not identical. And why are they not identical? Well, unfortunately, you know, some vets and again, a few, not, not all of them clearly decide to change things to try oh, to right. absolve themselves of liability. Um, and, and so this obviously complicates the matter. And, you know, we understand that justice is difficult sometimes, but, and, and, but what's, co what's common thread through all of this as far as reporting veterinarians to their uh, vet boards is that most of the time disciplinary action is on the lenient side. Okay. So um, greater success then in pursuing this for potential damages um, if the damages can be proved. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. And, and I note that you also have on your website at joeyslegacy.org um, pictures of some of the veterinary malpractice victims um, that are being memorialized and remembered on your site. 
our latest video 3.0 vet male victims 3.0 contains 75 uh, dogs and cats that were lost as a result of alleged veterinary malpractice um, sadly we're ready for another we're ready for a 4.0 uh, and the 3.0 was just three or four months ago so uh, we need to stem the the the, the progress uh, well not the right way to say it we need to put an end to this or at least mitigate this to a great degree so that agree so that i can be put out of business is the bottom line Definitely. Um, tell us about your grief and trauma counselor that you have on your team. Sarah Bird is a, a terrific person. I've known her for a few years. She has extensive experience, work experience, life experience with um, counseling the human victims of trauma. She's a, she is a vet male victim herself. She lost uh, a pet of hers a while back and she's actually helped me personally with uh, me dealing with Joey's loss and she stands ready to assist anyone in the group that feels the need to open up to someone express their feelings and those that need help getting through the grief not that you can really ever get through it but at least help mitigate some of the um the strong feelings that kind of control your life when you're a victim, as we are. Yes. And I mean, even losing your pet under ordinary, if, if you will, circumstances um, due to old age or, or some other um, way that you might lose your pet is always traumatic um, for those of us who view our our pets as family members. I, uh, I lost one of my dogs a few years ago. She was elderly, 16 and a half, almost 17. And um, I still have a hard time looking at her picture. It's, it's always difficult and it never goes away, Peggy. I, I, I think, and, and this has kind of been uh, echoed by some of the members of the group, that uh, certainly what you said is absolutely true. When you lose a, a pet at the hands of another, especially one that you trusted and now you feel has betrayed your trust, it evokes emotions such as anger, guilt. Why did I bring my pet to this veterinarian? And in Joey's case, Joey's regular veterinarian ha happened not to be there that morning. Mm -hmm. We brought him back the next day and he was there and he did what should have been done the first day unfortunately it was 30 hours later and without treatment and it was too late for joey so there's there's guilt that i'll live with for the rest of my life um anger obviously so there's different emotions that are evoked as a result of being a, a vet mal victim and it just actually i i, I can't really say for sure that it intensifies the grief but it's just another layer of uh, emotion that you have to deal with. Well, and grief is such a personal emotion, too. And, and there's no right or wrong way to experience that, as we know. Very true. Very true. 
So um, folks that are listening um, can go to the website and donate. As we mentioned, you are a 501c3 not-for-profit organization. And yes. the money, the monies you raise are used, I presume, for the educational process. Yes, correct. Uh, we, we are able to uh, uh, provide education in different ways. Um, we're starting a few new programs that uh, we haven't actually developed yet, but uh, I want to try to travel a bit and bring the message of Joey's legacy to uh, possibly law conferences around the country. And so we're working on that, and, and it's all to uh, benefit, obviously, companion animals and their humans and see if we can put an, an end to this or at, at a minimum to severely mitigate the damage that is being done. And I see you must have a heart for um, police dogs because you do a lot to support um, canine officers. We do. We've uh, we've donated here locally uh, to Fort Myers Police Department, to uh, Cape Carl Police Department. We recently donated two ballistic vests for their two newest canine officers. And uh, we also donate to uh, Shelby County Sheriff's Office in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and to several uh, city police departments in uh, Tipton County, Tennessee. So we, yes, we have a, a great passion for um, canine officers. They put their lives on the line all the time. And uh, we want we want to do what we can to assist uh, anywhere we can. Excellent. Well, if we have veterinarians or attorneys who are listening today that would like to join your team, um, how would they do that? They can uh, email me at myjoeyslegacy at gmail.com. Myjoeyslegacy at gmail.com. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, and they could also join our uh, Facebook group, obviously, uh, the Vet Mal Victims, Joey's Legacy Vet Mal Victims on Facebook. And uh, we would encourage and uh, really appreciate engagement from veterinarians, animal attorneys, any, any animal advocate that can help us move our mission forward. I, I hope they will get that message and join the group. And uh, as you know, I am an active member of the animal law section of the Florida Bar. And um, one of the things that you had mentioned um, was that the nice thing about these animal law sections across the nation is that they are now able to um, support um, legislation in their states that increase the damages that might be permitted in cases where we have the death or injury of a companion pet or other legislation that would um, create higher penalties for abuse or domestic violence against pets. Uh, when I read that, I had to read it two and three times because I couldn't believe what I was reading. That That is so awesome. And I, I hope and pray that here in Florida and, of course, every other state, we are able to accomplish just that. And there are many of us that are working to do that on an everyday basis. So thank you for all that you're doing. And um, tell us, um, what would you leave us with here today, Scott? 
What I would leave you with, Peggy, is one very simple thing, and this goes out to the not even the majority of veterans because they already do this. To those that may have been involved in situations that uh, you, you know were unfavorable outcomes for the patients, your best case scenario is to practice that old adage: honesty is the best policy. It's actually the only policy, and. Uh, relative to trying to escape from mistakes that you made. Just be honest, be totally forthcoming with the caregiver, maintain your professional standards. And most of the time, your outcome will, will be just something that you'll be satisfied with, something you'll be able to live with and won't bother you for the rest of your lives. I think that's very good advice, and thank you very much. And for our listeners, don't forget to check out joeyslegacy.org or find them on Facebook at Joey's Legacy Vet Mal Victims. That's the Facebook group. And um, if you're an attorney or a veterinarian and you can help out, I'm sure they would be happy to uh, hear from you as well. And if you have a heart for veterinary malpractice victims, um, we would encourage you to donate. Thank you so much for joining us today on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I want to thank our special guest, Scott Fine, the founder of Joey's Legacy, for joining us today. And you can find us on social media as well. We're on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. We're on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. And if you want more information about planning for your pets, go to AnimalCareTrustUSA.org. You know my personal motto, it is, until there are none, please adopt one. And until we talk to you next week, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!